Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we're going to talk to Amelia Tompa and Rebecca Gertz, and they have a very special project that they work on, which we'll get to in a few minutes. So first of all, let's start with academic background. Rebecca? Hi, uh, my name is Rebecca Gertz, and I'm an associate professor at McMaster University in the School of Rehabilitation Science. Um, my background is as an occupational therapist, so um, I teach in the occupational therapy program, um, and I'm really interested, I have a PhD from the University of Toronto, and I'm really interested in um, work disability policy and understanding uh, workplace accessibility and inclusion. Emil. Hi, I'm Neil Tompa. I'm a senior scientist at the Institute for Work and Health, which is based in Toronto, Canada. I also have an appointment in the Department of Economics at McMaster University, and I also um, am affiliated with the Centre for Industrial Relations and Human Resources at the University of Toronto, where I teach. I'm a health and labour economist. I've been doing work in the area of work disability policy for most of my career, which is about 25 years of research um, and knowledge to practice activities that I've been doing. And um, this work that we're doing currently is really right in the heart of my, my area. Um, and it's the next development of work we've been doing in the area of work disability policy with various stakeholders in that policy arena. Okay, I think you've covered off your work experience. So let's uh, just jump right in to the project that you're involved in. Rebecca, let's start with you. Yeah, um, so uh, Emil and I have been doing work for a number of years in this area, and um, we really started thinking about a couple years ago, um, you know, what's the next phase that we need to understand? We've been studying uh, work disability policy and better understanding um, some of the challenges that um, uh, people with disabilities experience in the labor market. And um, what, what we decided was, um, based on the work we had been doing and our work with partners um, in the field, is that what really needed investigation was um, uh, to further engage employers and better understand um, some of the challenges employers have um, with hiring and accommodating and supporting and retaining uh, diverse workers in, 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 in the field. And so that's where we came up with the idea for um, the IDEA Social Innovation Laboratory, which is inclusive design for employment access. And um, it's a multidisciplinary, uh, a multidisciplinary initiative or social innovation laboratory, um, where we're where we're working with partners um, and employers to really build up capacity to hire and accommodate workers um, with diverse needs and workers with disabilities. 
So you I'm want me to continue there? Sorry. Yeah, please add to that. Yeah, yeah. So, so yes, as Rebecca points out, we realized the value in focusing on employer capacity because a lot of effort in the past has focused on skilling up workers, getting them job ready, and that's important too. But oftentimes, those those individuals find themselves unemployed or not be able to get into the labor market for a variety of reasons because employers lack the skills and capacity to, to, to for uptake of, of the talent that's out there amongst the persons with disabilities. So that's where we decided to focus on helping employers skill up their capacity. So our social innovation laboratory is housed um, with um, four sort of three core incubator hubs and two cross-cutting hubs that are just entry points for research and to practice inquiry. So the first one is called Workplace Systems and Partnerships. The second is Employment and Support Systems. And the third one is Transitions to Work and Career Development. Those are the core hubs. And the cross-cutting hubs are about inclusive environment. It goes beyond just the built environment, so looking at the social environment as well. And then the, the fifth one, the cross-cutting hub, the second cross-cutting hub is Disruptive Technologies and the Future of Work. So um, those are entry points for our research inquiry, but they are meant to be dovetailing with each other and informing each other because these are not standalone uh, topics or research areas that we really need to work together to help support employer capacity building. Um, we've also developed um, what we describe as a signature five-step methodology for doing our work. And I'm not sure, Rebecca, do you, do you want me to pass it on to you to elaborate on that? Yeah, our, our methodology is really focused on the idea that we don't, we're not starting at the beginning and we don't want to reinvent what already exists. What, what we want to do is um, at the end of the day, our mandate, our focus, we have to be transformative. We want, um, you know, in many ways, we really want to change the way um, the, the workplace, our, our, our current workplace mm -hmm. to better the need, sorry, to better meet the needs of diverse workers, to be more inclusive, to be more accessible to uh, workers who can contribute in different ways. So um, with, with that in mind, uh, we really want to start our work by looking and exploring and identifying what exists in what's already out there, what people are already doing. Um, and then uh, from there, um, we want to, um, so once we identify what currently exists, we want to, um, sorry, um, we want to, um, uh, sorry, give me one second here. Um, we want to identify what currently exists and then we want to, I'm sorry, I'm going to take a little break here and Emil, can you talk sure. about that and I'm going to take care yeah, of it. Yeah, no worries, no worries. So, so um, Rebecca's just getting into kind of a, a methodology that we've developed that we we're following. That's part of our, our, our um, collaborative process with our partners involved in the process. We started off at the front end, as Rebecca pointed out, identifying what already exists through rapid evidence synthesis uh, of existing knowledge, you know, um, whether that's um, knowledge that's in the peer-reviewed literature or gray literature or, or just doing an environmental scan of seeing what other people are doing out there and promising practices 
that that'll help identify you know the lay of the land you know the, the knowledge base and then we build on that with stakeholder consultations and experience mapping to better understand what the gaps are and where we want to move to fill what we want to do to fill those gaps so we then move on to doing some rapid prototyping through a co-design process with our partners and once we've got that prototype developed we we want to implement and evaluate it in the field and then our final stage is really trying to scale it up across the country across sectors to really help make an impact in 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 industry different with the different employers in order to to really transform and improve labor market opportunities for persons with disabilities because our funding agency actually is holding us to the test of really making that high impact. That was one of the key mandates of, of the funding envelope was to try to make a high impact in the policy arena where we're doing our, our research to practice investigations. So Rebecca, this is not a short-term project. No, no. Um, as, as Emil mentioned, it's a large initiative with lots of investment. And by investment, I mean human resources. We have um, an amazing multidisciplinary group of people um, involved. And it's, it's meant to, um, I mean, really for Emil and I and for many of us on the project, it's our, it's our careers, it's our life work, but our current funding is for uh, six years. But, but we, we are constantly thinking about um, sustainability and what will happen next. So I, I don't see this initiative, obviously in three years and six years, we, we will have um, impacts to show for, um, and, and that's our obligation for this funding. And, and we will definitely have products available um, based on these processes. But this, this, um, this transformation will, will be um, ongoing um, and it's not short term. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I do want to mention, though, is 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 about our team and our you know it's it's a partnership uh, with researchers from across disciplines, from health, social sciences, and design and engineering. Um, it's researchers at different phases of their career. We want it. We're, we certainly have this idea of. Um, this idea of um, ensuring that we're we're training grad students, we're training new investigators, and then um, non-researchers, the the partners, industry, employers, uh, people with disabilities in all of those sectors, right? Um, so that uh, the perspective of people with lived experience working, um, who are employers, who are employees, who are in academia, who are in industry, will be part of the initiative as well. Yeah, we like to call it like a capacity building. So we want to build capacity for doing research in this field, for doing research differently that really focuses on co-design and engagement of partners, for doing research that's really meant to be applied and make an impact in, in a policy arena. And just build capacity specifically in the area of, of work disability policy because there's a lot of work that needs to be done if we're going to make an impact on employment opportunities of persons with disabilities going forward. Well, I, I talked to somebody recently from the Royal Bank. She's a, a senior manager in the HR department. She's on a ventilator. She's in a wheelchair. She has a service dog. And she does power hockey on an international basis, she's on Team Canada. So uh, 
there's no holding back people with disabilities, and that's what that's why I'm passionate about the work that I'm involved in. So, having said that, obviously a long-term project. How do you break down a six-year project? I mean, there's so many variables, Rebecca, that are going to take place over that six-year period. How do, how do you piece it together over six years? Yeah, so that's where the hub structure that Emil outlined, um, I think, is part of the way we'll, we'll, we'll piece it together. Each hub will work towards... Um, uh, towards creating resources and tools that are evidence-based, that are co-designed, or solutions that are co-designed that will address different aspects of building this capacity. Um, so, so that's one way is, um, and we want to do that, you know, we use the term rapid, um, really to this idea of um, applied research um, a lot of people have this view of research as being this archaic kind of slow moving beast um, that's that happens in this separate place from the real world. And, um, you know, we really want to bring that down to, you know, we're on the ground. We we're working directly with the people who would use these solutions and um, working together. So we bring the research piece to it. Um but but valuing everything that that everybody brings to it, and that's kind of how we'll break it down is is project by project, initiative by yeah. by initiative, um, and making sure we have things to deliver at at all at all points. Yeah, and having the partners involved really holds us to task to prioritize the most urgent issues, right? They are there at the table telling us what the priority areas are, and that's what we're focusing on. So so it's there's obviously going to be sequencing. What are the most immediate things that need to be dealt with? Um, and, and that's where we're going first. We have a, a set of deliverables that we're, we're holding each of the hubs to task for over the first three years that will help can identify a, a kind of a, a front-end impact that we can make with, with those initial projects and then there's a whole battery of other things that will follow in sequence over the, over the remaining period of our, our funding with, with the new Frontiers initiative. But we have other layers to it as well that we're adding to it too. We're, we're developing a micro-credential training program for industry starting off with manufacturing and then, and then taking it across other sectors as well. So an opportunity to, to, to get supervisors, managers, other workplace stakeholders up to speed on how to do inclusive employment and, uh, and just providing some, some opportunity to, to do some uh, focused um, um, inquiry into um, different areas of, of that either broad or kind of skill sets that they need to be inclusive employers through a micro-credential training program. So that's, that's sort of another layer of the work that we're, we're doing. So a lot of work is is, is um, focused on in just engaging with our stakeholder audience to get a better sense of, of, of what their needs are and then also using them as champions to promote the work we're doing. Because the, the biggest challenge for us, I think, is really getting uptake of our work across sectors. Right now, that's that's where how we'll make an impact is people use the the, the resources and tools that we're developing within the initiative. So yeah, sorry. Can I say one more thing? Is that I think momentum is going to be built, right? Like as as we deliver on on products 
and employers start using it, I think I think it's going to sort of start start rolling. It's going to start scaling because people are going to see. Um, and by people, I mean industry, I mean businesses, I mean HR professionals. They're going to see, um, you know, the benefit to this, and they're going to want to engage. And we're already seeing that because, um, Peter, as you mentioned, there's examples in industry. Um, a lot of big org- big enterprises, big organizations are already doing some of these amazing things. So how do we, you know, allow small, medium-sized businesses to to be part of that that um, that process? And and so I think it's going to start taking on a life of its own. It's this this project isn't about me and Emil and and some academics involved. It's really about how do how does how society going to take up some of these issues so on the small research that we've done as a group we found that both government and corporations do have policies do have legislation and there doesn't appear in many cases that there's an individual or a group who has responsibility and accountability. And so Royal Bank, for example, this one lady that I interviewed, yes, she's bringing it across a large organization like that. But there are many businesses that say, oh, yes, we have a disability policy. And then I ask, well, who's responsible? Well, we're not sure. Mm-hmm. Who's accountable? Well, we're not sure. So that's the thing that we found. Even in the government, whether it's municipal, provincial, or federal, finding accountability is very difficult. Yeah. So, yeah. so how, how do we change that? Now, what we've researched so far is that 22% of the Canadian population have a disability. But when you take into account family and friends, that number goes up to 54%. But how do you mobilize a group like that to put pressure on business and government? That's the challenge. Emil? Yeah, that, that's a really good point, and, and thanks for, for, for giving us the statistics, because I've heard them elsewhere, too. They're, they're very compelling, and, 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 and it just uh, all the more gives us a, a, a legitimate reason why change has to happen, culture change has to happen. And it's not an easy thing. I mean, it's not like um, the, these organizations don't want to do well. I mean, it's, it's in their interest, obviously, as you point out, when so many people identify as persons with disabilities or family members of persons with disabilities, that kind of thing. There is a, a lost opportunity there for organizations. And that's why we feel like the, the lost opportunity is happening because they don't know how to go about it. You know, they might have some policy in place that we're, you know, we're trying to be equitable, inclusive, and accessible as employers, but how to do that, how to put, put action to, 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 to that commitment is, is the biggest challenge. And, and that's why we feel those tools and resources that we're developing will help 
identify that pathway, that continual improvement process that gets you down the pathway of, of being better at doing these things, right? And, and once you're on that path, I think it's a natural flow. They'll continue to, to advance their, their, their abilities and, as, as we move forward. Right? But we just have to kind of give that initial push by identifying what the barriers are that are stopping them from, you know, to be good at these things and provide them some, some knowledge, some guidance and tools and resources that will help facilitate the process of learning for them and ability to do be more equitable, inclusive, accessible as employers. Um, and, and, and we know that's happening. There's a lot of motivation to do it. And we've seen some really amazing leaders in the field doing a good job of this, particularly the tech industry. You know, they have some of them have programs that are really focused exclusively on hiring persons with disabilities, particularly from neurodiverse populations, and and have done a really great job of, of, of uptake of the talent in, in that particular population. I know the federal government is really working hard to to, to beef up their employment of persons with disabilities. You know, they've you know they've brought out the Accessible Canada Act, where there's some obligations both for federally regulated entities, but also the federal government themselves. And there's lots of efforts to, to move forward on, on, on those obligations. So there's lots of great things happening out there, I think. And, and we are want to be part of that process to help facilitate moving forward in, in, a, in a good way so that that culture change happens, a new normal gets created, that there's no issue when you want to hire somebody, some talent out there, whether they're a person with disability or a person without a disability, there, there's no issue. There, there, there are equal opportunities for both of them you know, in, in careers, jobs, and work. And, and an employer doesn't feel challenged or, or afraid that, how do I do this? Because they have the skill sets to do it in a good way. There was an article in the Toronto Star on Saturday in the business section, because I'm more of a business guy. Uh, about a Brendan Grammer. Have you heard of him? He's the uh, global president of Amazon People with Disabilities. And it's it's in the, the Saturday newspaper in the business section. But it's, it's amazing how he's deaf. That's his disability and how he's worked with the organization to make incredible changes within the organization. So, so that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. But Rebecca, I want to ask you, most funders today want outputs and outcomes. Is outcomes part of your reporting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I think we at least re um, refer to some of the outputs that we're hoping to um, to show. But in terms of outcomes, I mean, we've been really ambitious that we actually want to shift the dial and and see more people with disabilities hired. Um, you know, as we move through this um, uh, this initiative, we we actually want to. Um, we, we, we believe this will contribute to the G, GDP and, and make Canada a leader in, in, this, in this area. We, you know, we, 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 we see this as um, huge, huge potential for economic gain for, um, for everyone in Canada, for employers to have access to a larger um, pool of potential, um, you know, strong labor and, and um, um, you know, and um, 
And and I think the examples that you're you've mentioned really describe that we're not starting from scratch. That there's a lot of really promising things already happening. And um, our goal is really to like one of the outcomes we want to see is that this doesn't be that hiring people with disabilities doesn't right away go to well it's very expensive and what's this going to cost me and you know you know that kind of thinking that we want we want employers to see this as a win for them that if they have more capacity that you know the the um the gains are what they're gonna right away go to is wow look look how great my business will grow under these circumstances with the right job, uh, the right workers, you know, in, in my business, the right team in my business. Um, and that's one of the things that some of the past work that Emil and I and others have done in this area have really showcased that um, there's a lot of ways to be more inclusive, to hire um, people with disabilities, to, to create opportunities for, for people with disabilities in the workplace. Um, that actually either doesn't cost any money or the costs are very low uh, compared to what you you get out of um, the process. So we're, we're really hoping to, one of the outcomes we want to see is that this narrative around costs and, con, you know, concerns um, starts to shift and change. And, and there's that culture change that Emil uh, referred to. Yeah, and, and, and just to reiterate, like measurement and evaluation are a fundamental part of all of the work that we're doing, you know, on a project level and as, uh, also as an initiative level too. So we we put together a whole framework for measurement and evaluation because we want to show more than just that we produce outputs, tools, and resources, but those tools and resources are that being taken up and they're having impacts on employment levels of persons with disabilities in the organizations that are using that. So we will be following up with them, the, the organizations that, that are picking up the work that we're doing to see how they're faring. And that's an opportunity also for us to build up a relationship with them, help them you know, further develop their 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 efforts in this space. You know, it's a, it's a continual improvement process. There's always room for improvement. So we wanna be there to help with that process and, and see how they're faring and, and, and document you know the, the successes that they have and then we'll try to also do the same at, at the systems level as well and, and see if we can somehow identify the contributions that we're making to, to that growth and employment opportunities so i think we could go on all afternoon very easily so the question is how do people get in contact or find out more information about what you're doing Rebecca? So, yeah, good question. Um, we will have a website up and running very shortly. Um, in the meantime, both Emil and I are quite accessible um, through McMaster uh, University website. You can, you can find me there quite readily uh, in the School of Rehabilitation Science at the Institute of Work and Health. Um, also is a, is a great way to get in contact with us. Um, and, um, you know, if you, if you actually search idea, social innovation laboratory, you'll come up with some articles that have been written about our initiative and some of the work that, that we're doing. And eventually in, in the coming months, um, you'll hopefully land on our website too. 
Um, and our website will be a site where, where the tools and resources that we develop, uh, that we co-develop with community um, is going to be featured. You know, things will, will be available for, for people to access there. And the Center for Research on World Disability Policy, which is a longstanding initiative that Rebecca and I have been involved in, I, I'm the director of, um, will be continue to be active. And it, it's um, www.crwdp.ca, so crwdp.ca. And, and, and it has lots of great resources on there because that's been ongoing for about eight years. And one of the things that we've been spearheading through CRWDP is a Disability and Work in Canada initiative, which has a yearly conference. It's happening virtually this year, end of November, beginning of December, Disability Work in Canada. We, we do a, a yearly policy roundtable um, with federal, provincial, territorial policymakers. Um, and we also have a, a, a strategy we developed, a, a simple society strategy that we'll be updating. So lots of great things under Disability and Work in Canada, which is under the CRWDP website. You'll see lots of resources there. We, we record a lot of things, so there's lots of great recordings of some of the presentations from various folks that have attended the, the, the previous conferences, so we always update that. So that's another place you can reach us, crwdp.ca. Perfect. Well, thank you both very much. You're uh, passionate about what you do, and that's really what makes a difference to social innovators. And uh, you have fun doing it, and uh, that's, that's what's most important. So thank you for your time today. Yeah, and thank you for having us, Peter.